Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to which we can say, Amen. Our text comes from the Old Testament lesson just read. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord. Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you will bring the guilt of innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on those who live in it. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, well, <clears throat> there's a story in my family. We had named the dog our favorite name, which was Jacob. It was an accident. And our son came along and we named him Jeremiah. And he came and he read this book. And man, he came to me and said, Dad, that book's a bit depressing. Now it has some high points. There are some moments in Jeremiah that are evangelical gospel, good news, this and that and the other thing, wonderful. But a lot of it's Jeremiah working himself out of cisterns and being in pits and having terrible times with people and it just seems like ministry. <laughs> Sometimes hard is the only way. Jeremiah had it hard. But if Jeremiah had compromised the word of God and not spoken it, he would have forfeited the protection of the Lord his God, who had commanded him to speak all these words in the presence of the people. Say every word to them. That's hard. And the answer is hard. Kill him. For he has spoken against our city. That's hard, too. And then the warning. You will be guilty of innocent blood. So this took me on a magic mystery tour, finding things about innocent blood in the Bible. There are six things that the Lord hates, Seven are detestable to him, the Proverbs say. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Innocent blood is not on a good list. I guess I have to ask, are we these people? Do we want to hear the truth? Well, how about Cain and Abel? Oh, first generation, first two kids. Well, at least first two sons. <sighs> Abel does the right thing, makes a nice sacrifice. Probably was a Missouri Synod Lutheran. Cain comes along, 
and gets jealous and slays Abel. Ouch. Hard stuff. And then, of course, God is compassionate to Cain. He puts the mark of Cain on him and says, don't kill this man, for he has repented. I like to think maybe Cain didn't really know what would happen, but maybe not. And then there's Lamech, just a couple of chapters later in Genesis. Mary's two women, Ada and Zillah. That'd be good for a Bible trivia test. Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a young man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech, 77 times. Apparently, Lamech's innocent blood, having killed somebody who tried to kill him in self-defense, was worth 11 times as much as Cain's blood. And you have the cities of refuge, where the avenger of blood could not follow if a person had accidentally killed somebody, for his blood was innocent too. And he would have to stay in the city until the death of the high priest, and then he could return home. Jeremiah threatens them with innocent blood. And then there is the chant of the crowd in Jesus' day. We are the crowd, maybe, as well. Our sins also cry for the blood. His blood be upon us and our children. Ouch. That's hard. The blood of the lambs at Passover, and it was Passover nearly so, the lambs a year old, that you would put the blood on the doorposts and the lintel, that the angel of death would pass by, more innocent blood. All the people answered, his blood be on us and our children. Pilate knew better, even though he gets vilified in our creed. Pilate washed his hands of the matter. He took the water, cleansed himself, and turned Jesus over to be crucified. I am innocent of this man's blood, he says. It is your responsibility. And again, the people answer, his blood is on us and our children. And then they released Barabbas, the man who was not about innocent blood, but they had Jesus, who was innocent, flogged and handed him over to be crucified. And God took seriously the terribleness of this curse of blood 
and he took that curse upon himself for no one else could bear it, and he bore it on the cross. And all of the weight of sin and death and shame were taken at that cross, and their power was abolished by one perfect sacrifice. Greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends, and I call you friends. And we are Jesus' friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. For we trust in him and are sealed in his innocent blood. First John tells us there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are one. And so we are drowned and raised through the waters of our baptism. And so we confess the truth of our sin, the hard words God has given us to say, and he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And so we are killed and made alive through the bread and the wine, through the body and the blood, and his blood is upon us and our children, and we are given another comforter, the spirit of truth who testifies to the Christ who reigns with the Father and hears our prayers. And so this morning we receive body and blood, great love and sacrifice, a sacrifice made once for all at the cross, but present with us through God's word of promise in the body and the blood given and shed for us for the remission of our sins. And God comes by us and he relents from the calamity we deserve and instead leaves us a blessing. And so, we with John cry out, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Amen.